This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. And welcome to the Invested Podcast. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so <laughs> glad you're back. <clears throat> it was fun this... to interview other people, but I missed you terribly. Dad's back and I missed you too. Oh my gosh, man. So I've tell been... the people what you've been doing, Dad. Have you been off having fun in the island somewhere? No, I have been in a in a rehabilitation. I've been in I hadn't even have actually started rehabilitation. I've just had back surgery. Um they put a they fused the L4 L5 vertebrae mm-hmm. and everything's gone lovely. But um we Thank thought it probably be better if I didn't like do recordings on Dilaudid, say. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like a good idea. <laughs> no heavy pain med recording. Although I have to say it did cross my mind when I talked to you a couple of times because you were so happy. And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe that actually would be really entertaining. Uh, I've been contributing to the opioid epidemic in the country. <laughs> happy to do my part. And um, I don't, seriously, I don't know so glad that it went so well and you're doing so well and it's all healing. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere and I'm just glad that it all has come out. Okay. Yeah. It came out of nowhere, man alive. I ended up jarring something in these, uh, in these vertebrae injuries I got through polo and well, you broke and, your back, you broke your back like what, like three times playing polo? Right. Oh, I did. I, I thought times. I was exaggerating, but apparently no. I wasn't. Actually, that was about <laughs> right. Um, and then one of those breaks just dislodged something that went in or built a bone spur. I guess is what happened. And it just pushed the spinal column until I couldn't stand up, and it was very painful. And I sort of cried to the best surgeon in Atlanta. So a big shout out to Dr. Ray and his staff for just a remarkable, great work at Piedmont. And I discovered that Piedmont has um, what is known as the Waters Pavilion, which is a a wing of the hospital available to people who have um, the money to pay for it outside of insurance. And they provide you with your own nurses and your own food service and a two-room suite. (laughs) And I was supposed to go in there overnight and then go home because, you know, hospitals are a place where there's infection, so you don't want to hang around too long. Yeah, that's true, and, actually. Yeah, so the doctors really do like to get you out of there. And it was so nice and so comfortable. I mean, seriously, it was a like four seasons level suite <laughs> <laughs> with constant <laughs> attention. Um, and I stayed three nights. <laughs> I just remember... <laughs> I just remember talking to you because I was in Zurich and you were in Atlanta. And so with the time change, you called me and it was morning my time. So I knew it was like 2 a.m. or something your time. And I just thought, oh, my God, something, it was really bad. Something's really wrong. It really freaked me out to get that call. 
end. And I answered and you just go, I'm having the best time. They're taking such good care of me. I'm eating cheese and fruits in my bed. Everything's fantastic. I never want to leave. I was like, oh, thank God. I'm so glad you can replay that because I don't remember oh, the phone call. We had a very nice chat, Dad. Oh my. <laughs> this is why I'm not doing podcasts. This is stuff is... <clears throat> Man. Oh my gosh, no that's memory. funny that you don't remember that at all. We talked for I've... like an hour all about oh like gosh. fun books to read and I don't even know what. We just had, we had a very... I'll remember it for both of us. I just would like to say another shout out to whoever made the drug Dilaudid. I am so pleased with that one. I don't know if we want to shout that out exactly. Are you kidding me? Do you know, a hundred years ago, I would have been crippled for life. No, that's true. That's true. And um, if they did have the ability to do surgery, I'm quite sure I wouldn't have accepted it, given the fact they have to cut apart a bunch of bones, put in a bunch of screws and do that without painkillers. Are you kidding me? Fair point. Yes, yeah, true. I think I'll just hobble around. Yeah, so yeah. man, alive. The pro- the progress has been amazing. And I'm I'm sorry for people who get hooked on these drugs. It's like I don't have a nervous system that that is addictive like that. Um yeah. I'm just really fortunate. I just like took it for I think I was doing four days or five days of Dilaudid, something like that. And you know, for some people that might be enough to addict them. I mean, for me, I just I've heard some Shifted people, it's, to like, ibuprofen. it's like one time and that's enough. Wow. Yeah. Holy it's smokes. scary. But I know, I think, I mean, obviously, um, same genetics. So I think it's this, I, I think you actually like, like your body can accept it and you feel good. But as I discovered when I had eye surgery about six weeks ago, um, my body does not like opioids at all. Like isn't a fan, makes me feel oh. horrible, nauseous. Uh, It doesn't make the pain go away. So either I just haven't tried the right one or opioids just don't work on me, which, you know, means I also will not get addicted. So there's that. Well, this is true. You won't get addicted. But um, like the Oxycontin stuff that everybody's hooked on, that stuff makes me sick. So I I, I went in, you know, I've had, (laughs) I ride horses hard, so I've had uh, several surgeries. And um, I went in to this particular surgery and I just, and I've told them like I have a real reaction on Oxycontin and I can't take it. And I asked them for Dilaudid because I know that that worked mm. really good for me. Yeah, I haven't so, tried you know, that next one. time ask them specifically for that. It's, My next major surgery. Yeah. Well, which is coming. Well, yeah, it's coming. So we are yeah. a mess basically. And by the way, this is yeah. an investing show. Yes, we will get to investing at some point. We wanted to give a little update. Do. Yeah, you didn't tell everybody what we do here, Dad. We we figure out investing Warren Buffett style is what we do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> let me let me boil that down for you. Oh, there's more. It it means that yeah, it means that most of what you've learned about investing out there just ain't so, right? And it's like that's the stuff that really gets you is the stuff that you think is true that isn't true. And most investors believe things that aren't true about investing. Just a couple major ones are that um, you can't beat the market, that the market's rational and prices things properly all the time, um, and that your financial advisor is actually going to 
earn his percentages. Those aren't all faults. So, uh, and this isn't to disparage financial advisors who provide an overarching service for wealthy people who need a lot of of assistance in figuring out where to put assets and where to handle trusts and all that. Absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Get one. We've got one. Mm -hmm. You know, all that. But the financial advisor who's, you know, 25 years old, just getting started in his career, is lampooned a bit by Warren Buffett saying it's pretty strange that, you know, people uh, are, are, are driving in Rolls Royces to go down and hand their money over to somebody that went to work on a subway. It, it, it's, it's a bit awkward when the person that you're taking advice from isn't wealthy. They don't have money and they're trying to make some off of you. And the way they're doing it is they're following the rules that are taught by firms like Morgan Stanley and so on, uh, and, 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 and basically following what the Securities Exchange Commission wants them to do, basically following what they've learned in their MBAs at Ivy League colleges, and that is that the market is a rational place and that prices are equal to values, and those just aren't true. And Warren Buffett's success in all these years proves they're not true. So that's what this podcast is all about, is laying that out there. Yeah. And, and as we've said a number of times, we are it. going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. But as I was about to say, we're kind of a mess right now because you just had surgery. I just had surgery. And now I have to go back for my second eye surgery next week, which really sucks. But it has to get done. And is this a cautionary tale on, on laser yeah. eye surgery? So, okay, so here's what is wrong with me, everybody. I got LASIK about seven or eight years ago, which is the thing. By the way, is LASIK a brand or is it a type of surgery? I think it's, I don't know the answer. It's when they fix your... I don't want you to disparage LASIK if you didn't actually get LASIK, whatever that is. I'm pretty sure I had LASIK. Okay, well, I don't, you had I eye don't surgery. Know. It's, it's laser eye surgery where they yeah. fix your eyesight with a laser, which is yeah. different than with a... By shaving the cornea. No, I think the shaving... This is where I can't even explain it because I don't really understand it. I think the shaving the cornea is the good one. It's the one they used to do for years before the laser came out. And then when they invented the laser, the laser can just make a tiny incision in your something and and then it shaves down the cornea i think so that it's the right shape so that you right. have 2020 vision right tons of and people has had it everybody's had it you know i wore glasses since i was in third grade so i was pretty excited about getting lasik i'm still excited about getting lasik but because of that apparently there's a side effect that can happen which I didn't know about and is now, uh, now that I've done some research, is happening more and more to people, it seems. Um, if you have dry eyes, which I also have, then that incision can develop these little white nodules on it. It's called Saltzman's, what's it called? Saltzman's nodular degeneration. We're going too deep. We are going too deep. You're right. Well, yes. you asked me questions. <laughs> so wrap up the, the answer. Why? Which I don't is, even remember what your question was. What's going on with you? Why are you going back in for surgery? Yeah. You asked and me, what's wrong you asked with LASIK? About LASIK? So the LASIK is where the incision from the LASIK is where the little nodules happen. And now they have to cut them out because they're impairing my vision. Right. And um, that's not good. So you have to get right. rid of them because it's only going to get worse and worse and worse until it causes a really bad problem. Um, so hopefully, and then you have to go get rid of those over and over again through your life, right? 
Yeah, that's the crazy part. Jeez, they might come back. Man. So that did it for laser surgery for me. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. It's not Thank great. You very much. Um, but you know what? There's so, lots of worse things and it's going to be okay. But yeah, the surgery is, or I shouldn't say the surgery, but the recovery from the surgery was extremely difficult. And I'm frankly dreading that again. So, which leads us directly into our subject for today, which is what? The practice. The practice. The other thing that's happening this week, which is why dad is saying that. If you guys are with me on Instagram, you know already. Uh, my course that we've been talking about for months that I've been Here writing. Comes the ad. Here comes the ad. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, you know what? <laughs> if you don't know where to go get it, then you can't go get it, can you, dad? All right, go ahead. Okay, I'll quit teasing ask you. me. Ask me where to get the course that I've been talking about since January. Okay, so where, if I would like to get a course on how to create a practice of investing, like Danielle Town, where do I go? Oh my God, that's such a good question. You would get the mostly invested course that I spent almost a year writing and it's creating. It's called Mostly Invested? Yes, I've told you that. It's called Mostly Invested. Because you told me that when I was on Delotted, <laughs> which was... <laughs> That's going to be your excuse for everything from now on. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's called Mostly Invested because most of us are mostly invested. We are not all the way there. We feel like we kind of have some sense of like our money or like maybe what we should do. And maybe you guys are listening to this podcast and thinking like, yeah, like that's kind of interesting. We're mostly there, right? And that's where I was. I was mostly invested, but I was not totally invested. And to me, being invested means so much more than just money. Money's a nice part of it, but it's about knowing yourself and your emotions and feeling really comfortable with being able to take care of yourself and understanding, as dad just said, how to evaluate financial advisors and what other people say about finances. Um, and then just eventually, once you've got the practice part down, then it's learning how to invest yourself. And that's what my dad does, which is so amazing. And what we talk about here on this podcast. So this course is um, meant to really be a good accompaniment to everything we talk about here and go through the process that I've gone through. And, oh, okay. So it's at learn.danielletown.com. L-E-A-R-N, learn. Wait, wait, wait. Let me write this down so I can go see what you've done. Learn.danielletown.com. Danielletown.com. Um, you'll can find Daniel Town, all one word. Yeah. All one word. You can find out all okay. about it there. Um, and the cool thing is that it's an online course, but it's going to be kind of a group course because it's going to start for everybody on November 4th. So when you're listening to this podcast, you don't have that much time to go sign up for it because we're starting really soon. We're starting on Monday after this episode comes out. And, um, and after that, you are not going to be able to sign up for it anymore. And the reason that we're, I'm doing that is because I want everybody to go through it together. And we're going to have three live calls where I'm going to um, talk about what's going on at that point in the course. And then we're going to all finish up together and graduate together right before Christmas holidays. Course. I want you to do the course. And I have, I, a, I have another announcement, which I'm pretty sure you're about to say you don't remember because you were on drugs. 
you and I are going to have a special video together on the part when we get to money and family and family tradition and um, and how that affects our practices and can support our practices going forward. A lot of the time we feel like... um, We get to do a video together then? And I don't remember (laughs) about... I vaguely actually remember a little something about that. I'm really excited about it. Um, So a lot of people feel like family stuff in the past with money tends to be negative. I think a lot of times it is negative in the past, but we can take that and we can turn it into something really wonderful for our future and be really grateful for it. And it just takes some attention. I would almost argue that money stuff with family is just about universally negative. I I mean, how many times do we hear the story that, in fact, by the way... the I've whole heard idea. from a lot of people that they had really good teaching from their parents about money. Well, you had really good teaching. You just didn't listen. <laughs> so there's that. They, <laughs> and I'm just thinking about all these people, you know, the who argue that um, that wealth is getting more and more in the hands of fewer and fewer people, mm. which is true, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, statistically. Definitely. But this is one of those things where statistics lie. Oh, tell me about that. Oh yeah, it is absolutely true that we're polarizing. Yeah, I'm confused right? We've got to about be able... where the line is happening. Well, the line is happening that there. Yes, well, we make the assumption that the rich people stay the same, but they don't. In other words, the money is going to fewer and fewer people, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not the same people after a couple of generations. Oh, after they're a couple generations. People. Yeah. In I other mean, words, we're the seeing first generation, this trend though within like 20, 30 years, within one generation. Well, it's always been the case that in in uh, capitalist economies where it is, you know, essentially pretty ruthless competition. If you can't right compete, you're gone. Mm-hmm. And the the experience of many, many wealthy families is that they don't have the next generation well educated in how to handle money. And the next generation manages to lose it. So the old, you know, the old saying is the first generation makes it, second generation loses it, and the third generation makes it back mm-hmm. because they've discovered that it's, you know, actually you actually have to know stuff. Yeah. yeah. You have to know things. <laughs> and and so actually one of the one of the things that we're trying to work on in, in our practice of investing is generational wealth. Mm-hmm. We would like to actually counter that trend, uh, which is probably politically incorrect if you think about it. We really want money to flow to everybody, and we really want there not to be so many rich people and so few, and so many poor people. Right? We want more of more middle class, more more equality in the outcome. But um, we're also working very hard to make sure that you individually, you and me as a family, and you and and the future generations are all able to hold on to the wealth that you create. Yeah. Rather than sending the next generation back into poverty. Yeah, totally. Right? So, I don't I don't uh, maybe those are not exclusive. Yeah, I don't think so at all. I think it's it's all good and I think what uh what learning to invest gives middle class people is the opportunity to have something to pass on that wouldn't have been there before. So And by the way, this is this is super important for all kinds of reasons. I just realized one of the arguments against what I just said, which is that the generations are changing. The 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 actual family names change. Uh, who's rich over time? 
One of the arguments that that isn't entirely true is that as a small number of people get wealthier and wealthier, they have advantages um, of putting their kids into really good colleges, teaching their kids really smart things, getting better educated, getting better better professions. And those kids then go have their kids go to the same schools mm-hmm. and then they marry the kids from those schools. And, and the whole thing goes rapidly toward a sort of a peak of a pyramid because that's, you, you know, the people in your life are all people from that sort of wealth class. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it tends to stay in that class, I, I suppose, as a result of that. And what generational wealth does, if you think about it, is it, first off, having some money, besides letting you stay at Waters Pavilion for an extra couple of days, <laughs> allows you to get your kids into phenomenal schools Right, because they've well, got hopefully it doesn't allow you to get parents. them in, but you can well, pay actually, for them. There's some very interesting criminal trials yeah, going on exactly. right now. Exactly, that's why I'm saying hopefully. Which, yeah, no kidding. Those guys busted the system, but obviously, I mean, in your case, you were fortunate enough to have parents that cared, and not just cared. Every parent cares. It's that you we weren't overwhelmed by work, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so you could see. We were there to help you build good habits, and your mom in particular was phenomenal. Totally. As an educator, helping you build great yeah, habits. Yeah, but you and so are you too, Dad. You are too, absolutely. We're good. We're good with that. I, I, that's one of the things I'm proudest of is that you're, you were able, and you were able to succeed in getting in. You competed and you succeeded. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that doesn't come from, that doesn't just, just happen. It happens because you've got the time to devote to your children. True. And you don't have the time to devote to your children if you're a single parent and you're working two jobs. I mean, it's kind of like you you hope you get your kids to a point where they can go to school. Mm-hmm. And then, geez, from then on, it's kind of the school that's taking them or raising them or yeah, their, it's, their it's peer Yeah, it's the difference group. between survival mode and right. thriving. Right. Survival mode and thriving. And you read, you read stories about kids that have come up um, really through hard knocks and, and then are in a, in a peer group that, that believes that you are actually violating your peer um, ideology if you study, right? That somehow you are, mm-hmm. you're, you're breaking away from your friends if you're trying in school. And these kids, you know, who were good students in sixth grade, you know, in early, early education, come apart at the seams by the time they're 14 years old and then you're on, then you're out as being a street kid and everything goes downhill in a hurry from there and it's and this is all so related to poverty it's just enormously connected in my view I mean I don't know I'm not a sociologist but in my view it's deeply related to poverty and if you can get money you get time you get time and then you you have the chance to help your kids and frankly and, and help them figure you it get out. I mean listen to the story you just told you get health you get health. Like you get health. Look at, you get look, the best you get doctors. The best doctors. You, get, you get to yes. recover in the incredibly expensive, I'm sure, fancy private area. There there's no question that that creates better outcomes. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And you that's what we want for all of You have the luxury to recover. A lot of people have to go straight back to work or before they should after a surgery <laughs> exactly, like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we want that. And, and interestingly, in our society, I don't think there's anything standing in the way. There's no law of nature that says that we can't all have that. No. Nothing. Yeah. No. 
I mean, it's just a matter matter of, of, do you have the wealth available to pay for it? And that is just a matter of you learning how to do this stuff. Frankly, I mean, I'm going to speak frankly. It's a matter of you learning how to do the stuff that works. I agree. That's all. I agree. I agree. (laughs) There you go. We agree on something. That's the practice. So now I'm going to plug the course again because I think for a lot of us, we're nodding and we're going, yeah, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. And then we we turn off the show and we don't do anything. And that's what what why I made this course because I'm I did that for my whole life except my show was you in person. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I'm the show. This is right. This uh the course mostly invested is to, um, you know, if you've always wanted to do something with your money, but been too afraid or just feel too painful about it or don't take time for yourself, this course will take you through it. Um, and at the end you'll have a practice and then you can go forth and, uh, and focus on investing. So yeah, I'm going to be taking it with you. Yeah. So this will be awesome. Maybe and I'll tell you be... what, I've been doing this a long time and I have my own, ways of getting through the process of investing. Um, but really, Danielle, until we started doing this podcast, I never thought of it as a practice. I know. You looked and at me like I was I'm, nuts. Yeah. And, and I'm sort of stuck in my old ways, you know, a little bit of habits and, and those habits aren't necessarily the best. And so, um, man, I'm, I'm actually really looking uh, forward to this. It was gonna, so gonna, nice. Um, I just interviewed the amazing Gretchen Rubin, who's the author of The Happiness Project and multiple other amazing books. Um, I'm a huge fan. I just interviewed her uh, for an interview that's going to be in the course. It's exclusive to the course and it's about habits and how her work on habits can help us with our investing practices. And it was so interesting to talk with her about how um, I think of investing practice and how um, the concept of habits or skills really relates to practice, but is also like not quite the same. So there's all sorts of concepts out there. And a lot of it is just knowing yourself better and knowing what works for you. And I think with you, dad, investing came so naturally to you that you didn't have to think about it, which is like, you didn't have to think about your process or your practice, which I think is, it's not that you don't have one. It's just that you hadn't been particularly conscious about it. Would you say that's true? Sort of a, it's sort of a disadvantage to me, though, now I think that it, I, I, I think, think it is a disadvantage. It. Um, yeah, I think it's a real advantage. Yeah. I, I have a whole, actually, a whole section on this, how it's a huge advantage I mean, I to sort of, us I sort of to have to, to think about these things. Go ahead. Like, as, as much as you were pushing back on, I don't really want to learn this stuff, when I, that's what I did for a couple of weeks out on a river trip, a week or so, with a guy who became my mentor, just pushed back because it just was foreign and alien and the whole thing, but... When I actually got together with him and started to learn, ah, I took to it like a fish to water. Yeah. It was just like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know how, I mean, I sort of yeah. just got it, you know. Not all not all necessarily the rules of investing, but the, the, the actual get in there and do it stuff, you know, like reading about S&P 500 companies. Reading I just like, financial oh, yeah, statements. This is and interesting. Reading financial statements. that stuff. Yeah, it was like... You know the Matrix when you when they show the Matrix and it's just all the falling the fall, waterfall of numbers coming on the screen, and and these guys just see the girl in the red dress, right? It's just like they don't see the numbers. It was more like that for mm-hmm. me, and uh, not that I'm good with numbers you are per good se. With numbers, I think you can definitely well, say that. Not in terms of like math numbers. Like I can do some math and I, I kind of get it, but I I have 
I have to work through things lots of ways to figure out if I'm getting the right math. It's just that I can kind of see what the business yeah. looks like yeah. quickly. Lee Lu talked about this at Columbia once. He makes about 30% a year, and we've talked about him here on the podcast as the only guy that Charlie Munger's put any money with besides mm-hmm. him and Buffett in 60 years of investing. And he said, Lee Lu said that um, really you should be able to look at and an, an analysis on, in, of a company in about five minutes and have a pretty good idea about what's going on there. And that's a guy that, <laughs> you know, the waterfall of numbers just yeah. boom. Yeah. He sees yeah. right yeah. into what it looks like. So I remember reading the Lowenstein biography of Buffett and in it, uh, he says that Buffett would go and visit the headquarters of the various companies that he invested in at the very beginning and he would show up and he would know the balance sheet of that company better than the CEO and would recite numbers to him, <laughs> to that CEO. That's impressive. And, and within about half an hour, the guy would realize that Buffett knew his business better than he did and would at that point basically be quiet and listen to the Oracle. Yeah, the, the, the beauty of listening to that story, number one, is that, you know, we're learning from a master, right, from Buffett. Mm-hmm. And... And number two, the the brilliance of Warren Buffett is, is he's been able to translate that mastery into something that we can understand, right? So so mm, often exactly. when you have a... Exactly, totally. We talked about that when we talked about his birthday. Yeah, exactly. Like the incredible gift of him is his communication. Yep. And so now we can, we can understand how to do this. We don't have to have an 180 IQ. In fact, I, I really do truly believe given... The fact that I've been pretty successful with this, you don't have to have a gigantic IQ to make sense out of this. It is just following the rules. And following the rules is part of the practice, if you will. Does mm-hmm. that make sense mm-hmm. to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the practice is yeah. bigger than that. The practice is bigger than following the rules. The rules are pretty simple. You buy a company that you really are capable of understanding that's got a big moat, good management, and you buy it on sale, Okay. So obviously there's a lot that goes into that. We've been talking about it for three years. But those are pretty simple rules. Um, and the practice is bigger than that by a lot. Mm-hmm. By a yeah. lot, yeah. And that's what we're going to learn about in your course. Yeah. I'm, I'm really invested. that you want to go through oh, it. I'm pumped. I'm really excited <laughs> and to so learn more. so we can more. chat about it on the podcast. Because I, I look too. at investors like Charlie Munger, who has a bust of Lee Kuan Yew, in his office from Singapore, from Singapore, the founder, right, really, really the founder of Singapore. He's like the George Washington yeah. of Singapore, except more dictatory. Yeah. And not so willing to let go of it after two terms in the white house. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but who thinks so rationally about, about, all sorts of issues. And that's, I think, Charlie's point of the bust is to remind himself, Those are th- these are the parts of, of people's practices, right? Ways of reminding yourself of things that you should be thinking mm. about. And and, um, and this bust, I think Charlie's spoken about it a little bit, but I, in my view, he's just saying, look, investing is so, in, investing well is so much bigger than just those four things that we talked about. Those simple things are the rules of investing, but it's much, much bigger than that. It's, it's about a a way of understanding the world. Yeah. And And I think 
of understanding yourself. And of understanding yourself. Well, well said. So, wow, what a, what a process. We're going to understand the world better and we're going to understand ourselves better. How many weeks is this course? And how, what is the, what is the structure of this course? What a great question. It's seven weeks. And the reason it's seven weeks is that I wanted to set it up as a real investing practice would be. So um, a lot of courses will give you like an hour long video or something and then you'll go off and do something. I didn't want it to be like that. So I designed it so that it's very short videos, very short lessons, very short practices every day for seven weeks. And when I say every day, it's almost every day. It's five days a week. So you can choose which days you want to take off. Um, And so each one is short. It's only five to 15 minutes a day, which is how I do my real investing practice. Good. Because I'm sitting here thinking, uh, I know it really, am I going to have time? I got you. That's fantastic. And so the idea is, By the end of seven weeks, really after four weeks, that's enough to develop a habit. So at the end of seven weeks, you'll have it very well ingrained in your life that you do investing practice almost every day for at least a short amount of time. And the point of the course is that by the end, you will know how your investing practice works best for you, which is probably different than for me. Dad, yours is definitely already different than mine. And we all um, have different methods and different times of day and different um, resources that we like better than others. And so the point is to start to understand all of that stuff about ourselves so that we can have a confidence going forward of, okay, when I do investing, here's what it looks like. Here's how I know that I showed up for myself and here's why I'm doing it. And, um, And then on top of that, all the sort of old stuff that can hold us back, we will have worked. Well, can I, can I propose that we talk about the process we're going through on our podcast? I think that would be great. Yeah. You can't sign up after November 4th. So when people hear about it, they will be feeling terribly sad that they can't be part of it. But I think that we should still talk about it because that would be really cool and interesting. Absolutely. I mean, I love that idea. if, If people don't get onto the course this time, maybe they'll do it next time, but we should, we should absolutely yeah. talk about it, and and uh, man, I'm I'm pumped up. I love that idea. Let's this do is it. Such a good um, idea. So this when's it start? Uh, starts November fourth. Is that day one? November fourth. That's day, day one. one. Yep. All right. Wait a second. I'm looking at my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just I just know right something. So well. We all have something, Dad. We all work. We all have lives. We all have and kids what, well, and families if, and friends, and we have to work out, and we're all busy. Well, what if I'm, what if so I'm that's with my brothers and your husband driving then, back from the, the race course on Monday morning? You know what? what? We've all got stuff. Well, how am I going to do and the I day? And I guarantee you. So do you want to know how I do it? I wake up. And that's when I do my 15 minutes of investing oh, you mean you practice. Can do I it wake up anytime you want during the day. Of course. This thing, this course. It's online. You can do it oh, anytime. Right. Each week, each week of lessons will be released week by week. Oh. So it's totally up to you when you watch it. The live calls are at a certain time because they're live with me. But other than that, it's whenever you want to do it. Um, as you need to in your life. And that's, that's the point. That's the point. It's to get used to 
making those making time in your day for that little moment of investing. Well, this is going to be very very entertaining because I am driving a bunch of time on the fourth, and then I've got all kinds of stuff on the fifth, and then the sixth is kind of open. Then I'm flying on the seventh. And then I'm spending well, then three days with really, 2,000 people on the 8th, 9th, and 10th. And This is going to be really good practice for yeah, you. Yeah, let's see if I can even because do Because what I hear you saying is that you do not intend to do investing practice for about 10 days. Well, geez. Um, and that can't be that right. That isn't right. No. I actually do so do a lot of stuff really while I'm doing these other things. This is going to be really good Okay, this is good. It's obviously not structured. <laughs> It just happens. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Well, that is super cool. All right. That's what we're going to be doing. And um, I'm pumped because I really need this. I need this. I need to get this practice more. I think that's clear from your comments about how you're too busy, which are the kinds of things I hear from people who don't have anything to do with investing. Yeah. Yes. I think you need this. Yeah. Okay. Done. Done. I'm excited. I mean, literally, I... I... I think I told the story in uh, in the course, although now I can't remember. But I'll tell it here. My friend, uh, which hmm, do I want to tell? I don't know. Watch the course. Well, right now I'm I'm thinking you have to go to to some sort of formal dinner because you're in a gown right now doing this podcast. You look stunningly beautiful, by the way. Thank you. You're such a beautiful woman, and I'm so. So uh, envious of your husband that he gets to take you out and do all kinds of things in Zurich, and I never see you. So come back to this country soon and go some black tie thing with me and Nuno and and and, and Melissa. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I want to do Um, that. I I think we should say, though, like we're going to be back hopefully next week. Bear with us as we go through these various health issues. We're going to... be doing as many new shows as we possibly can, but we may have to put up a From the Vault show at some point here in the next uh, month or two. So we are doing um, the best we can on live shows here, and we're trying really hard because we love doing them. Yeah, I love doing them with you. So, And I hope you guys like the interviews from the last few weeks because it was really fun to do them. But we'll get another one in here pretty quick. I mean, we should be on schedule yeah. the next couple of weeks, so... Okay. When you when your course kicks off, we definitely want a podcast about that. I hope we can. We're on. All right. We're on. Until then. All right. Time to go play. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Invested. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to investedpodcast.com for our show notes and a special offer on how the podcast listeners can attend my three-day transformational investing workshop for free, where we just teach the heck out of you for three straight days. We don't sell anything and we get you a scholarship to come to it for free. So come on over there and take a look at that. And by the way, as our lawyers want me to say, everything discussed on this podcast is either my opinion or Danielle's opinion. My opinion's right. And is not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your investment advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So this podcast is just for your entertainment and education only, and I hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, time to go play.